<clears throat> it's very difficult to uh, stand up here and preach when you just have a one shot and Ben has been walking through some passages and he's been unpacking some stuff that builds and it's hard to just do a one shot sermon when you haven't been building but hopefully uh, the Lord will be gracious to speak to us this morning and um, through his word I hope that you're praying for me and that you'll continue to pray for me as I deliver this because I am not worthy to have this weight of preaching and teaching and eldering and um, it's amazing to me that he would use any of us in his ministry and that's what we're going to talk about this morning is ministry if y'all turn in your Bibles to 2nd Corinthians chapter 3 we're going to look at the last verse in this chapter through the first few verses of chapter 4 2nd Corinthians chapter 3 before we do that, I want to pray one more time. If you would, pray for me and pray for our hearts as we receive this word. And pray for Ben and his family as they're getting some much-needed rest camping. So, Father, I want to pray for Ben right now and his family, Christy and the kids. That you would give them the rest and the peace that they need to come back and re-engage this spiritual battle that we're in for your church, for your name's sake. I pray that you would remove me right now and speak through me in spite of me and that you would be glorified because of what the word does to us this morning. And that's my prayer in Christ's name. Amen. There's a lot of definitions and connotations to the word ministry. That word gets thrown around a lot. It gets used a great deal in our subculture, our church subculture. Um, in Southern Baptist subculture, we've used that term. Um, a lot of young men or young ladies say, well, I feel I've been called to ministry. That kind of has a connotation that, that there's something special about that person that they feel called to do ministry, which usually means that maybe they feel called to work at the church. That's usually where we take that. Um, another way we use ministry is, uh, I, I want to find the ministry that God has for me so that that may be um, uh, an act, an act of doing something. What is it that he would have me do? Uh, we sure would like a women's ministry here. We sure would like, we need a men's ministry. And so what we tend to do is we tend to attach the word ministry to program or ministry to a scheme that we cook up. And so what I want to do this morning is to see how Paul unpacks this ministry of a new covenant and to see, and I hope it'll set you free to know that we've all been called to this ministry and kind of look at the basics, break it down the nuts and bolts of what ministry of this new covenant really is. Where does it start? What does it look like? And then, what does it produce? So let's jump in. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. And then we're going to read down through probably verse 5 of chapter 4. Paul is speaking uh, about this new covenant ministry as opposed to the old covenant, which is the law. And we all, with unveiled face, 
beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Therefore, having this ministry, verse 1 of chapter 4, Therefore, having this ministry, by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. We have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or tamper with God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. Verse 3. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled only to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world, that's Satan, has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. First of all, we have to go back to, to verse 18. And we all. This is the same word all that Ben's been talking about. The all sorts, all types of people. He's talking about the ones who are living, not perishing. He's, he's not talking about the, the people that he mentions here in 4, 4, where he says the God of this world has kept their face veiled. He's talking about believing ones. We all. So we've all been called to this ministry. So what is that ministry? What does it look like? And it, it begins with unveiled faces. For Moses, his face was veiled. When he wanted to see the glory of the Lord, he only got to see a glimpse. And then he had to put a veil over his face. And that glory of the Lord began to fade from him. But our glory is very different. The glory that we see, the unveiled, finished, complete Work of the cross reveals by his work the glory of the Lord. So before we even go into describing ministry, we have to, we have to know. He does the unveiling. He reveals this ministry. He gives this ministry. And he calls all of us to this ministry. We don't cook it up. We don't create it. We don't have to figure out what to do or make it happen. He unveils our face. He is the author of ministry. So it begins with his unveiling of us to his reconciliation of us to God. And once that happens, we behold. Beholding the glory of the Lord. And that beholding is what David talks about in Psalm 63. That word behold means to see. To, to be, have something revealed to you. And we see the power and the glory of the Lord. That beholding is like a mirror. It's God's glory put up and we mirror that glory. And it's not a fading glory like Moses. It's progressive. It says, being trans the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. How do we behold him? How do we behold and progressively reveal more glory? How do we behold him? This is how we behold him. By knowing this book. God reveals himself to us through his word. And so we behold him by knowing him. It's knowing and seeing and capturing a revealed God. That's ministry. Ministry begins with knowing Him. 
capturing, seeing a revealed God in Scripture. That's ministry. That's the first step in ministry, to behold who He is as revealed in Scripture. So that's where your ministry begins, is beholding Him. And then, the second characteristic of ministry is that we're transformed. We're changed by it. What does it say? Transformed into the same image, from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is Spirit. This transformation is sanctification. It's taking us from one degree of glory where we see Him and He's revealed to us. And He begins to, He justifies us and begins to move us. And ultimately, one day, when it's all over, He will glorify us perfectly and completely with Himself. So instead of this old covenant ministry of death, we have this new covenant ministry of life to where He unveils our face. We behold Him. We see Him. We're changed by it, and our glory increases. How is our glory increased? How are we sanctified? How do we become more like Him? How do we know Him more? By beholding Him as revealed in Scripture. If we're beholding Him as He's revealed in this Scripture, we will be changed by it, and the glory becomes brighter, and light shines into the darkness more. Do you see it? This, this hits me as a father more than in any other arena of my life. Am I beholding him? Because that's my first ministry, is to behold him in this scripture, to eat this Bible, so that I'm changed by it, so that my family sees that. And that's my ministry, to behold him and to be changed by him. Do you see it? Beholding and being changed, transformed. That's ministry. I don't ever want to settle in to a certain degree of glory. I don't ever want to hit cruise control when I say, okay, I've been justified. He's revealed some things to me. I think I'll just settle in with this because what he's revealed, I'm kind of getting comfortable with. I like what he's showing me, and I kind of got a pretty good handle on what he's revealed to me, and so I'd like to just sit, put it on cruise control, and go with what he's given me and not go for more and not eat more and behold more. And be changed more. It's very tempting. Just to sit and say. Man he's landed on me so much this year. I think. That's enough. That's all I can take right now. I don't want to behold any more of him. Uh, it might mean more change. And more adjustment. I don't want to do that. I don't want to settle in. To a certain degree of glory. I want to go from one degree of glory. To the ultimate degree of glory that he's talking about. So that he would glorify me one day. With himself for his sake. Being transformed. The last part of verse 18. For this comes from the Lord. Who is the spirit. The only way. That we're changed by beholding him through his word. Is that he would do that. Changing us is his work. He transforms us as we behold him. Third thing. Openly state the truth. Chapter 4. Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or tamper with God's word. What Paul's saying is, we don't need uh, illustration or um, trickery or marketing. We just openly state what this says. That's ministry. 
So we behold who he is in here, we're changed by it, and then we openly state it. We don't cook up neat ways for people to understand it so much so that we become dependent upon that. We don't dance around the hard parts. We eat all of it. Openly stating the truth is ministry. And that's your ministry and that's my ministry. To behold him, to be changed by this, and to openly state what it says. That's ministry. So that we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. Verse 3, chapter 4. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled only to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. Fourth thing, what does ministry look like? We proclaim Jesus as God. You wonder if you're doing ministry? Are you beholding him? Are you beholding who he is revealed to be in this word? Are you in it? Do you study it? Do you thirst for it? Are you being changed by it? Do you openly state what it says without apologizing? Or having to always have it figured out or sugarcoat it for people? And then are you proclaiming Jesus as God? It sounds kind of simple. I thought ministry would be something so much more complicated than that, you know? We, we like to complicate what ministry is. And ministering in this new covenant, we like to... It's so easy for us to complicate that ministry. And ministry is a beholding. And ministry is being changed. And ministry is openly stating what it says. And it's proclaiming Jesus as God. The Bible speaks for itself. If we will trust it to openly preach it and teach it and say it and know it and memorize it. Uh, ben has challenged me recently. We're going to start memorizing Romans. And that is hard work. It is not easy. It is tough to memorize scripture, especially for me. <laughs> I am not good at it. And that's a challenge. But that's why he says in verse 1, Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we don't lose heart. It's tough to let the Bible speak for itself, to behold him, to be changed by it. It's tough. It's hard work, but we don't lose heart in this ministry of beholding, being changed, and openly stating and preaching Jesus is God. People will accept or reject Christ. They are either being unveiled or their faces are veiled. We only proclaim him as God. We don't do any unveiling. A lot of people like to qualify or approve or prove their ministry by how many people's faces have been unveiled in their ministry. That's not our aim. That's not our goal. That's not our mission. Our mission is to proclaim Jesus as Lord, and He does the unveiling. He does the work. We don't look for proof in the unveiling. We look for proof in, are we beholding? Are we being changed? Are we openly stating the truth? Are we proclaiming Jesus as God? If we're doing that, we are engaging a ministry of a new covenant, of His reconciliation of His people to God. That's ministry. You don't have to cook it up. I hope that some of you dads are being set free. Or some of you that have just been maybe just coming and attending. Or maybe you're a member and you're thinking, well, what ministry do I get plugged into? This is your ministry. This is ministry to behold him. And you know what? You, you, can, you can put this ministry. It should cover all things. It's not compartmentalized. 
Uh, people ask me all the time, especially college students, well, I didn't know what job to take or what major to choose. Or, you know, listen, um, his sovereignty is not dependent upon you and I to see the writing on the wall. Let me say that again. His sovereignty is not dependent upon us picking and choosing which ministry or what to be a part of. He's not trying to trick us. Listen, engage people and do these things. Ministry. You're not going to pick the wrong ministry. Look, I told some college students last a uh, couple weeks ago at a retreat. They're so worried about, do I take this job? Do I go to that city? Hey, go to the wrong city and do this. <laughs> go to the wrong job and behold, be changed. Um, openly state the Bible and preach Jesus as God. Ministry. Don't get hung up on the little stuff. Don't sweat the small stuff. Do this ministry of a new covenant wherever you are and you're in ministry. Ephesians tells us that some have been called or been given to preach and teach. Um, And sometimes I just want us to know some have been given to preach and teach, pastor, shepherd. But we have all with unveiled faces. If you have an unveiled face to his gospel this morning, you've been called to the ministry You've been called to the ministry of beholding, of being changed. The ministry of openly stating what this Bible says and the ministry of preaching Jesus as God. That goes everywhere and it infiltrates every area of your life, your work, your home, your friendships, your relationships, your hobbies. So it's all ministry. Here's the coolest part. Go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. One chapter back, verse 1. How do you know that you're doing ministry? What's the proof that you're doing this? Paul gives it here to us. Verse 1. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, as some do, letters of recommendation to you? Or from you. You yourselves are a letter of recommendation written on our hearts to be known and read by all. And you show that you are a letter from Christ delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. You know how you're doing ministry? You got people around you that are being multiplied and changed, starting with our families first. That's our first. Letter of recommendation. What is your letter of recommendation? It's not some slick marketing campaign. It's not some impressive words. It's not impressive clothes. It's who's being changed by your beholding, your transformed walk, your openly stating of the truth, teaching the Bible, and preaching Jesus as God. Who around you is being changed by that? That's the proof that you're doing ministry. And, and I don't see a number on here that it has to be a lot of people, but is somebody being changed? People. Don't build a ministry resume. Build people. You, you, you haven't been asked and I haven't been called to build this ministry resume that looks slick and impressive. I've been called to behold, to be transformed, to say what this says, to preach Jesus as God. And the proof that I'm doing that is that there are people around me that are being changed. That's the proof. Not a letter of recommendation Not that people would say, oh, you're doing great ministry. 
Oh, Brad, you do such a good job at this or that. It's who around me is being changed and affected by my ministry. Look at verse 4. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God. Verse 6, who made us competent to be ministers of a new covenant. Ben put something in the, um, in the bulletin every week. It's called the Shepherd's Guide. And he always puts up there at the top, guys, whoever the functional leader is in your house, the shepherd, whether it's a mom, single dad, the shepherd in your home, you'll feel feeble and incompetent, but behold in your home, be changed in your home. Cite the word openly in your home. Preach Jesus as God in your home. That is the ministry of a new covenant that we have all been called to. We have all been given. And we are not competent in ourselves and among ourselves. We are not sufficient to get that done. It begins with his unveiling and it ends with him finishing and completing the work. The cool thing about this is that he protects the message despite us. And that I can stand here before you and say, I'm not sufficient to do this. And you can say, you're not sufficient to do this. And know that the work will be done. His church will be built. People will be changed. He will be lifted up. He will be glorified. But he's called us to engage that work. I hope that you are set free from that. And, and that you will not take these connotations about ministry as confusing or Bearing you down. That Am I in ministry? Should, I, should my ministry be impressive? Should my ministry uh, be big? Uh, talk to Scott about the pressures that you face in youth ministry right now. Um, he, he's worked through much of that, but I can remember when he first came, the pressure for a youth minister is that you have these big numbers in this impressive program and that kids want to come to church because of what you're doing in your ministry. But I'm thankful to God that Scott has built a youth ministry here that is built upon beholding, being changed by the word, citing the word, and preaching Jesus as God. That's the foundation. That's the structure for ministry. Pray for your husbands and the leaders in your home to do this as their ministry. To not feel the pressure to look sufficient among, among themselves to get ministry done. This has crushed me and broken me down and the weight and the responsibility of doing this beholding, changing, citing, preaching ministry has wrecked me in the past few weeks and it brings you to the end of yourself to have to take up this ministry, to be called to, to be given this new covenant ministry it's weighty, it's hard, and it's not going to be easy. But he says in chapter 1 of verse 4, Do not lose heart. Keep going. Keep beholding. Keep being changed. Keep citing this Bible. 
and keep preaching Jesus as God. And how will you know if you're doing that? People will be changed around you. And your recommendation that you're doing, your proof is that it'll be written on the hearts of men. Build people. Not an impressive resume. We've all been called to ministry. We've all been called to behold, be changed, state openly and proclaim Him as God. Last thing I want to say is that Paul teaches us that God gives everybody gifts. He gives gifts to the church. Some of, some of you have, are not engaging this body with your giftedness. And, and you've been gifted in special ways with different talents and interests and spiritual gifts. And he has bestowed these gifts upon you. And if you hold on to those gifts and don't use them by beholding, being changed, citing the Bible, preaching it like it says, like it reads, and preaching Jesus as God with your giftedness, you're, you're a detriment to the body. And you're not building the body up with what he's bestowed upon you. I would encourage you to pray hard. What is my giftedness? And you take that giftedness that he's given you, that spiritual gift. And in that spiritual gift, I want to set you free to behold, be changed, preach the Bible, state it openly, preach Jesus as God in your giftedness. And you've got a ministry. Everybody has been called to ministry and everybody has been gifted. And it builds up his church when you engage it. Don't just sit by and expect the... Um, ministers at church. See, we beat that word up. The ministers at church to engage ministry. Use your giftedness. Engage this beholding ministry. I hope that you're encouraged by that. I hope that we all will realize that we've all been called to ministry. I hope that we pray for each other and we build each other up not to lose heart in this ministry that he's, been called, he's called us to. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would encourage us and help us to engage this ministry of a new covenant. That if we are not beholding you and your word, that we would begin to do that so that we would be changed and that we would state openly. Help us to state openly what it says and not apologize or trick it up and to preach Jesus as God. Father, it's so hard sometimes to preach you as God because it's so offensive to so many. But we know that some will reject and some will accept. Give us the courage to, like you say in chapter 3, be bold in this ministry. I pray that you've built up your church this morning and that we would respond accordingly. In Christ's name, amen.